0: in this hour that they realize the presence of God is missing. I believe there's a remnant arising that are willing to go and carry the presence of God back in into our churches, back into our schools, back into our relationships, back into our children, back into our homes, back into our businesses, back into our government, back into our finances, back into everywhere our feet trod, we are called to carry the presence of God. It's not just something for a church service, it's for the market system. It's for the government. It's for Hollywood. My God, we need the presence of God that'll change people in their living room. It is a shaking for the awakening that the giant of the Lord's bride will arise and be adorned in glory and power. This is the time we come out, fire baptized, walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Ah, my God, this is the time that the true church arises. Can you stand to your feet and give God some praise? Come on, we're celebrating what God has done. We are celebrating what God, ah, my God, hallelujah. When they ask you how, tell them God did it. When they ask you how, tell them God did it. Hallelujah. I want to share with you a, a few moments in a message. I f- felt that it could not uh, be but only properly and decent in order for me to break open the Scriptures, get into the Word of God uh, as we go into this Vision Sunday. But I want to talk to you on the idea of dream on. Somebody say dream on. dream on until your dreams come true and we are right in the midst of watching a dream unfold in the midst of a region and we all are getting to be a part of it Uh, as i came into march i felt it only proper to have vision sunday because the lord was dealing with me that marching orders are being released in march and so we march forward. And this is March 5th, the number of five is grace. And as we, as we take steps on March the 5th of moving forward towards the, the things that God has called us to, uh, I wanted to share with you this morning out of Genesis 37 and verse 5. Genesis 37 and verse 5. <clears throat> Genesis 37 and verse 5 says, Now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. We thank you for what you've already done. God, we thank you for every story that is unfolding in this room and in this region because of the ministry of Dominion Church. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. God, there is none, there is no, not one worthy of the praise, the adoration, and the accolades other than you, Jehovah, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. So all praise be unto you, God. We give you praise and glory now, and we ask that your word will go forth. Open our eyes, open our ears, and allow allow our hands to be open, Father, to receive everything that you are pouring out in this moment. God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody, and tell them, dream on. dream on. Amen and amen and amen. I was asking the Lord what the difference was between visions and dreams. Acts 2 tells us that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he goes on to say your sons and daughters will prophesy. And he said that your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will have visions. And I was asking the Lord God what's the difference between the dream and the vision. And God began to speak to me and, and show me. He said, he said dreams you will typically feel but you don't see clear. And on visions you see very clear but you often do not feel. But where purpose is discovered is when you can feel it and see it. And your dream, it begins to get visualized. Watch this. When dreams and visions come together, it equals driven. Equals driven because when you have a dream and you have a vision it will begin to drive you it will begin to consume you it will overtake you Joseph had a dream but his dream was not just something that he felt it was something that he could see he saw clearly and when feeling and faith got mixed together when that which he couldn't really see in entirety and that which he couldn't feel in its entirety were mixed together with the faith of the God that is able to do the impossible Joseph began to see something begin to be revealed in his life. And and I want you to know this morning that I believe God is doing that right here at Dominion Church. It's more than a dream. It's more than a vision. It is something that is driving us towards the presence of God and his purposes. The first thing that I want you to know about having a vision or a dream for your life in Genesis 37 verse 5, it's funny that Joseph wasn't hated until he got a dream. And in honor of of, of great Martin Luther King Jr., you know, it was his dream that got him killed. Let's talk about it. See... It was a dream where he uttered the words that I have a dream. And he spoke of uh, of segregation being severed and the spirit of racism being devoured. But it was his dream that got him killed. See, people don't really hate you until you see something and then you begin to work towards it. And when you begin to work towards it, all of a sudden people start hating you. You don't want anybody to hate you. Don't see nothing. Woo! The moment you see something, the moment when something's afar off and God gives you the unction to go get it, you better get ready because the haters is coming. <laughs> it was. Oral and the Wright brothers that had a dream. It's funny, uh, many don't know this, but their daddy was actually a bishop in the Methodist church. And he said this one Sunday morning in his sermon. He said that if God wanted men to fly, he'd give them wings. And the Wright brothers heard that more as a challenge than a killer. And they said, well, bless God. If, the, if God wants us to fly, then he'll give us the, the ingenuity on how to make it. And they, re, they took a dream and, and through, the, through, through many uh, smart moves, created it to where they became the first in flight. Yes. Dreams. Dreams. This room is full of, full of dreams. It's full of vision. People that are seeing things afar off. And yet I want you to know that there's some things though. About your dream. If you're taking notes, I've got this. On 3-5, March 5th, I've got three different five points. Yes, i got a 15-point sermon for you. I'm going to preach in 15 minutes. Y'all ready? Going to sound like an auction block in here. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down the left side of your paper. Write the word D-R-E-A-M, dream. I want to break down for you five things that the dream does in your life. The first thing that we find through the life of Joseph is it will distinguish you. How do you know you have a dream? Because you don't get to fit in with anybody and everybody anymore. The dream will pull you out. The dream will call you out. When you have a dream, you don't get to go everywhere. You don't get to be with everybody all the time. You don't get a playtime. You don't get... Come on, somebody. It distinguishes you. It marks you as being different. The second thing that it does, you ready? It reaches beyond you. That if your dream doesn't scare you, then I would ask you, is it really from God? Here's a better way. If you can reach your dream, it's no dream at all. A real dream reaches beyond you. It causes your faith to be activated beyond the measure and the speculation of what your human mind can comprehend. It causes you to have faith. It causes you to pray more. It causes you to fast. If you really got a dream, you'll know, God, I can't do it without you. You ready for E? What a dream does, if you really have a dream, watch this. It evicts comfort. Hey, hey, hey. You don't get to have a dream and get to be comfortable. Joseph had a dream, and here's the problem. His dream took him not to promotion. Everyone talks about Joseph in the palace. Let's talk about the steps that led up to it. There was first a pit. And then after the pit, there seemed to be some sort of promotion only to be an allegation that threw him back in prison. What was it? The dream was evicting his comfort. It was making him say, if you really want this thing, then you're going to have to go all in after it. You don't get to be comfortable and have a dream. You don't get to be comfortable and have a vision. You don't get to have it your way. And God's way at the same time. The A. You ready for this? What the dream brings in your life? It will bring the anointing. What is the anointing? The anointing is God's specific touch at a specific time to perform a specific task. Many of the great apostles pronounced this way. The grace that was on their life. It was the ease of the oil. It was that w- that would take shepherd boys from the backside of fields and take them all the way to the valleys of giants only to see them slain by a stone. And then it was that oil that flew and flowed down Joseph's head that took him from, from the pit to the palace and to raise him all the way up to be the second in charge in all of Egypt. It is an understanding that if you really got a dream, God will begin to put oil on your life. M. The last part of the first five, if you really have a dream, you ready for this? It makes you into the person that God has called you to be. Without a dream, you will live below your purpose. Without a dream, you'll never fulfill fully fulfill what it means to really live. Oh, my God, that people would grasp you only got one chance and one life. The Bible says your life is but a vapor. It's but a vapor, but a cloud of smoke here today and gone tomorrow. If we would realize that, we would realize that God has something powerful and purposeful for each and every one of us to do. But the dream... The dream makes you into the person that God called you to be. So once you understand what the dream does, I want, you to give, I want to give you the five stages of the dream. You ready? The five stages of the dream. We can see these in Joseph's life. The first is, one, that he thought it see, the Bible says that Joseph had a dream. Here's the amazing part. Joseph has a dream, but he doesn't talk about the dream until Genesis 37 and verse five. Watch this. The dream was fine as long as it was a thought. Can I tell you that your enemy doesn't hate you with what's in your head, but it's when what's in your head starts to get in your heart. Woo. Hey, hey, hey. And so it's here that he, he thought it when it's in your head. But watch this, watch this. Then the second stage of the dream is you move from I thought it to I caught it. What is the I caught it stage? The I caught it stage is now it's no longer in your head, but it starts to drip on your heart. You start mentioning it to a couple close friends and saying things like, have you ever thought of my God, I feel the Holy Ghost? All of a sudden there's a stirring in you. There's something that God is revealing to you. And now it does not seem that it should be found in the confines of your head. But now that it should be mentioned abroad. Can I tell you that this is the most sensitive season of the dream. That when you begin to speak it, you got to be careful in what ears hear it. Because there are some that have the spirit of Herod and they want to kill your baby. The third, the third, you ready, you ready, you ready, you ready, you ready? If you really got a dream, you're not only gonna thought it, you're not only gonna caught it, but then you gotta bought it. The third stage of every dream is I bought it. What is the I bought it? Is the price. It is this stage of the dream that is often filled with pain and with pressure. But it's in that pain and that pressure that God is producing in you. Something that only the Holy Ghost can produce. I came to tell you that Joseph was not moving from his dream to the palace. He had to first go through the pit and the prison which was a part of the process because I talked to somebody this morning that has a dream and you're wondering why it's muddy you're wondering why it's murky you're wondering why it's hurting and you're saying things like God this ain't what you showed me God's saying if you really want it then you gotta buy it I'm gonna make you Buy into this thing. I'm going to make you buy it at face value. I'm going to make you buy it when you don't get to see the glitter. You don't get to see the glam. If you really want this thing, you're going to have to say yay through the hurt. Yeah, through the pain. God, I'm all in. Because God knows if you can get in when it hurts, then you'll stay in when it hurts. And God knows, all. Oh, hear me. God knows that if you get in when it hurts, then even when it gets good, you'll remember The cost of the dream, and you won't just forfeit it. The fourth, the fourth stage of every dream, that once you've thought it, once you've caught it, once you've bought it, then you move to the I sought it stage. See, what is that? That's when everyone sees how heavy it is. (laughs) That's the stage of the dream where people talk about you, But they say things like this, if you knew what it cost him. If you knew what they had to go through to have the marriage ministry, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't just sit around. You, you, see, see, you, you, you. It's in this season that everyone gets to begin to see the weight that is on you. It's in this season that the coat of many colors that was stripped suddenly comes back, and people cannot deny the favor of God that's on your life. They say, "There's no way man is doing it. There's no way that man is behind it. Not the way that God is blessing it." It's in this moment that we find that we've sought it. We've sought it. It's something that can clearly be seen. The last that I have for you in the stages of the dream is the I got it stage. See, after you've thought it and caught it and bought it and sought it, then and only then can you say, I got it. See, this is the moment where you're glad to pay the price That you had to pay. This is the moment that you don't have to live with the cancer of life called regret. My glad, I'm glad that I got it. I'm glad, I know it cost me something. I know I had to go through some things. I know there was people that talked about me. I know there was people that tried to kill me because of the dream, but I'm glad that I got it. I'm glad when I get to stand before him at the end, he'll say, well done, my good. In fact, there is no regret. There's only revival. (laughs) You ready, you ready, you ready, you ready? I got to give you five more. But out of the New Testament, because some of y'all don't believe the Bible if it's in the Old Testament. Y'all ready? So we go the New Testament for you. I want to give you five things that a vision from God does to you. Somebody say he's going to do it to me. Acts 26. Watch this. A vision from God. What does it do? Acts 26. And i got to hurry, because i still got an hour and a half of vision stuff i got to tell y'all. Acts 26 and 14. I'm doing good. I'm only, four, I'm only now 20-some minutes in. Anyways. And when all, this is uh, uh, the, the, the Saul as we know him, but he will now be soon the apostle Paul. He's on the road to Damascus. He's on a killing spree. He's going to kill more Christians, cut their heads off. And it says this in Acts 26 and 14. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me saying in Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Watch. And so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting and but rise and stand on your feet for I have appeared to you for this purpose everyone say purpose. purpose to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you and I will deliver you from the Jewish people and as well from the Gentiles to whom I now send you somebody say sending me And to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. I want to stop right there and I want to share this with you. You ready? Paul is on the road to Damascus and as he is, uh, he's riding his horse. And all of a sudden as a light appears, it knocks Paul off of his horse. Saul at this moment. He's knocked from his horse. Can I tell you that when you get a vision from God, the first thing it will do is it will stop you. When you get a real vision from God, y'all ready for this? You don't get to just go to the club anymore. When you get a vision from God, there's certain music you won't listen to anymore. When you get a vision from God, there's certain, there's certain shows you won't watch anymore. When you get a vision from God, there's certain people you won't hang around no more. It will stop you dead in your tracks. That's what a vision does, it knocks you from your high horse. You're on your back. You're, you, you get in a moment of dependency when God begins to reveal to you what he wants to do through your life. The second thing, you ready, is, is that when you receive a vision from God, it will send you. The first is that it stops you. The second is that it sends you. A real vision from God will send you. It will send you to other people. It will send you to other places. But watch this. The difference between a vision and ambition is this. Vision comes from God to help people. Ambition comes from your flesh to help you. I say, God, give us fresh vision. We don't need ambition. We need vision that it will send us to people that are hurting. The third thing that the vision does is it strengthens you. When adversity and setbacks come, real vision, real dreams strengthen you to get up and keep going. To correlate between the two, I believe that there was moments that Paul was shipwrecked. I believe there was moments that he was persecuted. I believe there was moments that he was abandoned. I believe there was moments that the thorn in his flesh was really showing. I believe there was moments when Joseph was in the pit. There was moments when Joseph was being accused. There was moments when he was in a cold, damp, dark cell. There was moments in those moments. But what kept those men going? It was the dream. It was the vision. It strengthened them. But I know what I have seen when you get a vision from God you can be flat on your back but it'll keep you going because you know what God has shown you the fourth thing that it does is it stretches you some of y'all, y'all yeah, I'm going to take y'all back to the 90s the real, I was born in the 80s 80s babies where y'all at don't raise your hand holler like you got a voice say woo there ain't no 80 babies here all right how about '90s babies? Say, "Woo!" Oh my God, we're getting overtaken by them. Y'all remember Stretch Armstrong? So you know you, you 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 would stretch them out, and then you had to use the pumper to deflate them. Some of y'all in this season feel like Stretch Armstrong. Y'all like this for Jesus because you got a dream inside of you and it's pulling on you. It's pulling on your marriage. It's pulling on your finances. It's pulling on your children. It's pulling on your job. It's pulling to the left. It's pulling to the right. And you all stretched out. But I came to tell you, the stretching is the confirmation of the dream that God has put inside of you. Some of y'all been saying, I'm stressed out. Y'all need to start saying, I'm stretched out. I may be stretched, but I ain't stressed. Because I'm too blessed to be stressed. The fifth thing, you ready for this? You ready? Then we got to get into vision stuff and y'all be home by 2 o'clock. The fifth thing that the dream will do in your life is it will sanctify you. The dream will cause you to walk away from things that you used to do. Things you used to be okay doing. How do cigarettes, vapes, drugs end up on altars? I'll tell you how. People catch a glimpse of the dream and say, I ain't called to this junk no more. God's got a plan and a purpose for my life. I'm tired of this thing binding me. I'm tired of this thing holding me. It sanctifies you. That word sanctify means to be called out, to be set apart. It's a, it's a vessel that is cleansed and being willing to be used for the glory of the Master. Amen?